0: those of you who know me better or perhaps have read a bio about me on the website uh, know of my love for the elevated form of art known as 80s hair metal and yes I, I really do enjoy it I know I speak like big about you know my work in the classical music industry and playing jazz drums but you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm stressed out and I need to blow off some steam and I'm by myself in the car, you know, I don't turn on Bach or Gregorian chant as much as I love them. Uh, I need to listen to, you know, the likes of uh, Metallica and Megadeth and Motley Crue and Queensryche, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard, Whitesnake, Scorpions, so many great artists. and. You know, what I love about this genre is uh, it's all about having a good time. Lyrics are probably usually not about a whole lot more than that. There's a certain lightheartedness to it. And it is characterized by uh, big cavernous drums, since I'm a drummer, I like that, big guitar solos over-the-top live performances and big hair, of course. Now, sadly, uh, hair metal came to an abrupt end in 1991, and I'm not an expert in pop culture trends. However, from my understanding, it seems like there's never been such a fast shift in pop culture then what happened after the release of uh, Nirvana's hit single, Smells Like Teen Spirit. That song was the end of 80's hair metal. Uh, no, there was no more chart-topping metal bands uh, after Nirvana. So that was it, and uh, it came in so quickly, grunge was characterized, or is, by a sense of uh, like raw and unvarnished emotion. And and the lyrics address more darker things like social alienation, neglect, abuse, betrayal, and so forth. So in a word, uh, it's not about having a good time. Now, as much as I love the 80s, I can appreciate why Teenagers of the 1990s had grown weary of all the -the over-the-top displays of the 80s. Grunge was seen as more authentic, more human. It was kind of tearing down this facade of the previous decade. Now, I don't agree with that statement because I think 80s music is better. It's supposed to elevate the human spirit, not bring us down and remind us of our dark realities of everyday life. So, uh, 80s metal is, is better than grunge. Um, that's a fact, actually. So, I know you're on the edge of your seat, wondering where is this going? Well, the quintessential example of this sort of unvarnished, grunge-like conversation with God in the Bible is actually in Job, who we heard from in the first reading. Job is a very unique book. Uh, If you haven't read it before, it's all about this one figure, Job, to whom basically every imaginable misfortune comes upon. Uh, Everything imaginable bad happens to him, and all the while he stays faithful and through every trial, all his circles of friends and family members start to turn against him and tell him that he needs to give up faith and hope in God. Because they were all saying all these bad things were, were just punishment uh, you know, for his sins. And the book of Job, it's considered part of the wisdom literature, because it's challenging this narrative, that the of the thinking from the Old Testament was that um, evil and anything bad that happens to us is always directly connected to a personal sin, and it's in some way you know, punishment for that. And so Job is a challenge to that outlook, uh, in saying no, like God uses evil for for greater purposes and it's not um, always or perhaps not often really for punishment. And of course, this is a foreshadowing of Christ who now reveals the fullness of overcoming evil and God turning evil into good. And so this first reading today ends on the most sour of notes. It said the last two sentences were, if you remember, My days come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. Not a very pleasant prayer, but you all dutifully responded, thanks be to God, at the end of that. But I'm not sure if you actually were thinking about what he was saying, you'd you'd respond, thanks be to God. It's not an uplifting prayer. But this is The essence of prayer, Job's uh, monologues in this book are a great insight into our relationship with God because we hear these, you know, we could might call Job venting or, or ranting about his plight in life, but he's not saying it out of lack of faith or lack of hope. He's simply being real with God And he's being totally authentic and just pouring out his heart to God. And so these, what seems like cries of despair of Job that we hear in the the reading today, it's really the most sincere of prayers because he's speaking from the depths of his heart. He's not covering over his prayer. He's not trying to be polite. He's not putting on any facade Before God. And that's a lesson for all of us in our prayer lives. You know, how often do we get caught up in thinking about how am I presenting myself to God? How am I speaking? Am I am I using the right words? Speaking the right language? Am I being polite or respectful enough? No, God doesn't care about those things. Because, you know, if you're upset at God about something, well whether or not you say that to him god knows and so in the end it's going to be better for you to just say it and put it out there rather than pretending not and so all of our traditional prayers that we have in the church you know devotional prayers and and beautiful poetic prayers those are all great and and necessary but Uh, At some point, our personal prayer with God must be a simple heart-to-heart conversation. And that requires just blunt, brutal honesty, even if the truth about what lies on your heart may not seem pretty to you or to God. That's the most powerful prayer, because that's where healing happens. God can only heal us according to what we present to him. So the more honest we are about our deepest thoughts and desires and feelings, the more freedom that gives God to work in our hearts. You know, the same thing applies just to our ordinary relationships. We've all experienced this, where uh, say we, um, if someone comes to us and a friend that just needs to vent about something, right? And in those conversations, we usually don't even say anything. We might just listen to someone vent and vent and you know, we may be thinking, okay, all right, is he done yet, he done yet? And then at the end, oh, well, thanks so much for listening. Like that felt, that felt good. I, I, I needed to just get that off my chest. Well, there's healing that happens in just being listened to and that same thing happens with us and God. And the opposite is true as well. You know, if we have a difficult conversation that we have to have with somebody, and we walk away from it feeling like we, we didn't say everything we needed to say, well, we're just going to start ruminating about that, and, and we know the problem's not going to be solved until we say everything that needs to be said. So blunt honesty uh, is necessary for healing humanly and in our relationship with God. So we should never allow a false sense of piety or love of God even to prevent us from being brutally honest with ourselves and with God. And just like Job, our very salvation depends on this. It's called transparency, really. Now, thankfully, we have Jesus, who is the perfect friend, who listens no matter how hard it may be to hear us. So we don't need to tiptoe around God. God does not even want that. God has given us Jesus as our friend, who listens to us and who saves us. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.